I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I know we just were talking, both you and I are on pretty low, low vibrations today. I think I might actually be dead. And this is the ghost of Madigan here to speak with you all. You know what? I really <laughs> hope that that's not what happens. Like, I, hope, <laughs> I hope that that's not like what's beyond the veil is just more of this. What if it's like the sixth sense and I go home and you realize that I was actually dead the whole time? We go to check the audio file and it's just like silence when you're supposed to be talking. Oh my gosh. We need to write that into a movie. Except I know. For it's exactly like a sixth Trademark it. Trademark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's podcasting. It's fresh. It's new. It's hip. Yeah, exactly. That's coming for sure soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get into some shenanigans? Because what a fucking week. Yeah, it's been a mess. I had other stuff that I was going to talk about, and then more shit kept happening, and I was like, well, now I'm going to have to push that aside and talk about this, and it was just like, I feel like this has been a pretty heavy news week. Yes. I mean, and there's stuff, I don't know what all you have, but there is stuff that, like, I didn't even get to, like, the fact that a building just fell down. That's what I was going to say. Like, I don't have notes on that, but it's like, that needs to be discussed once we know more information and everything like that, because that is insane. Yeah, it really is, and it's really upsetting because, you know, the people who owned the building, or I heard a little bit about it, like, they knew that this was an issue. Of course they did. And they were like, shh quiet don't say anything and then like of course you know i hope they get sued out their asses yeah same (laughs) oh my gosh horrifying so whenever there's a large loss of life like that for something so meaningless it's just so infuriating yeah it's really sad um but the thing that i 
wanted to talk about to start with is Bill Cosby. Mm, that's the first thing in my notes as okay. well. Yeah, so I did learn a bit more about why he was released and stuff before I came here today, which kind of painted a little bit of a clearer picture. Not any less pissed about it, but it at least paints a little bit of a clearer picture. Um, But we'll talk about that when we get to it. So Bill Cosby was released from prison on Wednesday after the pencil after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned his incident assault conviction because of an agreement he had with a prior prosecutor that would have prevented Cosby from being criminally charged in the case. So he was two years into his three to ten year prison term. I couldn't find anywhere what this agreement was. All right. Necessarily. Did you find out what this agreement is? Yes, kind of. So... This was a non-prosecution agreement, and it came about when, in 2005, uh, Cosby was being investigated for the assault of Andrea Constand, um, and at that time, Montgomery County District Attorney Bruce Lee, or Bru- Bruce Lee, Bruce L. Castor Jr., who, by the way, would go on to defend Donald Trump during his impeachment hearing. Of course. Same guy. Yeah. Um, he gave Cosby his assurance that he would not face criminal prosecution due to insufficient evidence in the case. So he was like, hey, we don't have enough to prosecute you criminally, but she is going to move forward with this civil case. So I'm going to make you a deal. And that deal is that if you give us evidence so that she can win her civil case, I will not prosecute you in the future criminally should more stuff arise, basically. It's, it's so shady. And, you know, the the current district attorney, Kevin Steele, uh, sent out a statement on Wednesday that Well, I'm just going to read it. It says, Cosby was found guilty by a jury and now goes free on a procedural issue that is irrelevant to the facts of the crime. Right. My hope is that this decision will not dampen the reporting of sexual assault by victims. Prosecutors in my office will continue to follow the evidence whenever and to whomever it leads. We still believe that no one is above the law, including those who are rich, famous, and powerful. Right. I mean, and the thing is also this... There was no written evidence of this uh, assault. No, no, of this oh, agreement. Of the, of the agreement. Right? Is, is that why I couldn't find it anywhere? Because I was literally googling Cosby's well, agreement with the district attorney. <laughs> the reason why we know about it is because the district attorney testified for Cosby in this like appeal, basically uh, yeah. saying that yeah, I gave him my word that I wouldn't use. This. But that's but that's enough to get someone out of jail. Just giving someone your word. I guess so because I guess that was. They they said that it, um, hold on, because that seems insane to me. To me, I would be like, get it in writing, get it on a video, let me see some proof, or else I would just be like, well, it could be word of mouth. Like, there's no evidence that you're they said showing it, me. They said it violated his due process because they told him one thing and now they were going back on it. Um, How many times has law enforcement done that in so many cases right. where it's not Bill Cosby? And to be honest, it's fucked up every time. Yeah. Like, you know, you shouldn't be able to say one thing and retract that thing. Yeah. However, what happened here was 
it's just shitty. The prosecutor was shitty. He's bad at his job. Yeah. And he made this deal. Cosby went on to detail in his testimony, basically, for the civil case. He did say that he gave quaaludes to women he was pursuing for sex, which is something that she said that he did before he assaulted her. And yeah. all the other women who came forward afterwards, you know, the 60 or so other women who came forward, uh, said similar things. That right. is his MO, right? But that evidence that they took when he gave that testimony, that the prosecutor at the time said would remain secret yeah. or be, whatever, wouldn't be used in a criminal trial, but was, it used was used in his criminal trial. And so Ugh. that's the reason why this was overturned. But it is just shitty from top to bottom because he did it. He did well, it. And this is the thing is, so he tweeted when he was let go and he said, I have never changed my stance nor my story. Which, if you've had evidence and you made an agreement that you wouldn't show certain evidence, obviously, to me, that shows that he knows that he did something. There's something to do with, like, oh, we're not going to bring up that certain evidence. Well, he said it. He's, I mean... Well, and he, he said it in court. You're right. He didn't say, I assaulted them, of course, because yeah. whoever says that about themselves. But he did say, like, I did give quaaludes to women without their knowledge or consent who I was pursuing for sex. Yeah. Like, that is, that is what he said. Um, but, you know, even... He's such a fucking monster narcissist because... Even after acknowledging that, in while in prison or while serving his sentence, um, he was denied parole due to his lack of remorse about his crimes yeah. and his refusal to participate in a treatment program for abusers. And he literally said after his conviction, I remember it was like a big thing because he was laughing throughout yeah. the, the trial and everything. And after he was convicted, he literally said that he would rather serve all 10 years of his sentence than acknowledge any remorse for his actions. Wow. <laughs> so... Um, real piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, well, and so is his former co-star. Should we talk about that shit for a minute? Yeah, Felicia Rashad. I read Felicia that. Felicia Rashad, who played what was her, Aunt Viv? Uh, she second Aunt Viv or no? She's the second she Aunt Viv, right? Or is she the his, first Aunt Viv? I think she played his wife. Yeah, that's Aunt Viv. No, no, I, I'm thinking. <laughs> Aunt Viv is uh, Fresh Prince. Okay, you know what I said this morning? I was my computer froze at work. And I was like, this coffee needs more computer. <laughs> yeah, listen, I hear you. It's been a rough week, okay? Oh, We're tired. God. Enough. But Felicia um, Rashad, who played his wife on Mrs. the Cosby Huxtable. show. Yeah. <laughs> what was her Claire, name? Claire, I think. Claire Huxtable, of course. And was she the original? There was only one. I'm getting... <laughs> You're getting them confused. <laughs> There were two Aunt Vivs. That's where the confusion is coming from. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. I'm so sorry, Will Smith and Fresh Prince. I didn't mean to bring you into this. But um, <laughs> Yeah, they're like, keep my name out of your mouth. We don't want to touch that at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Felicia Rashad, now who is going to be a Howard University dean, um, sent out a celebratory tweet when she heard of Cosby's freedom, saying... Finally, all caps, two exclamation points, a terrible wrong is being righted. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. This is so stupid. I really feel like how, how, I know she's older, but I'm like, 
even if you have those shitty takes and opinions, how in 2021 do you not realize that you need to keep that shit to yourself? Like, yeah. why would you put that on Twitter? She must not be well. Like, there's got to be something that's going on, or if she, I don't know. To no, me, I, I it think she seem like I, I don't, I'm not gonna let her off the hook that easy because I don't. Well, think I don't she's, mean it like we should let her off the hook, but I'm just kind of like she clearly has no sense of like right and wrong and is. Nuts. Well, but a lot of people don't think he did it, and a lot of people feel vindicated by this. I know. Have you looked at our comments on the? <laughs> well, but that's what I mean. Yeah, and I think she's probably one of them. I think she genuinely doesn't think that he did this because well, this isn't the person that she knew, she knew him to be. Right. right. Well, and like she kind of tries to walk back her statement, but honestly, I kind of feel like it's shady. So later that day, she tried to walk back on the statement, saying she quote fully support survivors of sexual assault coming forward. My post was in no way intended to be insensitive to their truth. That is something that drives me insane when someone says that's your truth. It's the truth. And then she goes, personally, I know from friends and family that such abuse has lifelong residual effects. My heartfelt wish is for healing. Yeah, well, you know... It's just a cop-out. Like, it's not addressing the actual thing that you said, the actual person you were talking about. None of that. It's very vague. It's very broad. It's damage control. And she's putting the onus on the victims by saying, that's their truth. That's their truth. And I'm not saying, like, she's not trying to say that, you know, all sexual um, assault victims are liars and things like that. Like, it seems like she's trying to make a very blanketed statement, but also still put the onus on the victim by saying, oh, well, that's your truth. Like, that's something that, like, in life drives me crazy when people say that. It's like, no, it's not my truth. It's it's just the truth. Right. Like, can we just talk normally, please? Because to me, she's just deflecting. Well, she's being very vague on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Howard University, I, again, couldn't find, did they, like, tell her she can't be dean? I don't know. That I don't know. Because they released a statement essentially just saying that her tweet lacked sensitivity toward abuse survivors and also said, personal positions of university leadership do not reflect Howard University's policies. We will continue to advocate for survivors fully and support their rights to be heard. Well, the thing is, and this is the thing that drives me nuts, because actually, I haven't seen anything like this on my timeline in the last couple days, thankfully, but this was something that I saw a lot of the first time, or when he was in trial, especially members of the black community, they do not want to accept this at all. And I get that. Like, I totally understand how heartbreaking and upsetting it would be to have someone, I mean, he was so many people's heroes, and I feel like he was seen as a trailblazer for so long and did a lot of amazing things in his career. And I think that people have a very hard time letting go of, like, childhood memories or things that are comforting to them. And yes. also feeling like, you know, maybe he inspired them to do he things in their life. You know? so, yeah. he, he absolutely inspired a, a lot of people, especially within the African-American community, when there weren't a lot of examples of successful black families, successful yeah. black men. Uh, and I think on top of that, he is a black man. And especially within the black community, it's... It is very common and honestly very justified to feel skeptical about situations like this, right? You want to make sure that he's not being railroaded. You want to make sure that it's the truth. But the truth is, first of all, this is a pattern of behavior that has gone back for a long time. You should listen to the Behind the Bastards episode on Bill Cosby. It's really good. Um, 
there were 60 women yeah. who came forward, all with very similar stories to, um, you know, the one he ended up actually getting prosecuted and convicted for. Right. This is, it's not an isolated incident, right? Yeah, there's got to be such blinders. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think, like, if somebody were to tell me that Judy Garland was a rapist... Yeah, I would still... Oh, I would throw out the Wizard of Oz. Like, it would be hard. Like, you know of what course. I mean? I can understand why it would be, like, a difficult thing that you feel really attached to. I fucking love the Bill Cosby show growing up. Yeah, so I was did obsessed I. with it. And I obviously can't relate, but I can understand how... He was America's dad. He was very important to well, the he, black community he, and to America in general. Yeah, he crossed the color line. I think yeah. that was a big part of it as well, was like he was America's dad. This black man was America's dad. And yeah, yeah it was something that black people could watch and, and make them feel like it was aspirational. But it was also something that white families could get together yeah, and Yeah, that Madigan's watch. family in Minnesota watched right. and loved and related to in ways and things like yeah. that. Yeah, So and it's, I, it's incredibly upsetting. But yeah. that, none of that... Okay, Bill Cosby is not Dr. Huxtable. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. They're not the, They're not the same person. Uh, so I you haven't have seen to make him that wear, separation. I haven't seen him wear a single ugly sweater no. as himself. Not IRL. I don't buy it. Yeah. He's not Dr. Huxtable. No. So, um, you know, it's it's incredibly upsetting. And, of course, there's been a lot of conversations around, you know, this is why women don't come forward. Yeah. Because you're put through hell. Like, these women during the trial, and um, Andrea Konstad especially, were put through hell yeah. whenever this was happening. And for all of that to happen and then to have all of this evidence to have him say yes I did this thing and to go to prison right and then to have it overturned it just feels like what was it all for why did I put myself through all of that I really you know I hope Andrea is okay um I did have notes on this but I wanted to mention it Allison Mack from the Nexium call oh, yeah. mm-hmm. only got like 3 something yeah. years and, and a fine yeah and I I have like a sort of like Instagram relationship with one of the girls that was her one of her enslaved women and she posted a beautiful response about how the day was bittersweet and sharing her testimony and I I'm just thinking about her and I'm thinking about Andrea and how it must feel like the rug is pulled out from under you yeah Oh, yeah. And so unsafe. Like, I would be so scared. Like, I'm sure she has restraining orders and stuff, but I would be terrified that he would come find me or want to hurt me for putting him in prison or anything. I don't know, because he's obviously a dangerous man. And he seems vindictive like that. Like, he's very, he's very, like, scary. Like, actually, you know? He, he put out a celebratory tweet. Like, to me, like, that just goes to show you how deranged he is. He's laughing in court. You know, like, what kind of person? A fucking moron. A a monster. A monster. He's a monster. And it's it's really upsetting. Um, But yeah. So I also wanted to talk about uh, the fact that the House voted on Wednesday to create a select committee that will investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. So the vote fell mostly along party lines, which is not surprising. Uh-huh. It was a total of 222 to 190 to create this panel, and there were just two Republicans who joined the Democrats to support this, and that was Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger. 
Yeah, Adam Kissinger of Illinois. So Nancy Pelosi has been wasting tons of time trying to create a bipartisan commission on this, and that obviously was not going to happen. Yeah. Look, they're, like, Mitch McConnell has basically said, we're not going to give you anything. Like, yeah. We aren't going to work with you on anything. Get Nancy Pelosi out of here. Honestly, Please. like, all of these, all of these, like, establishment Democrats who, like, this is the way it's done, reaching across the aisle, et cetera, et cetera, it doesn't work. Like, no. they spent so much time arguing about the stimulus package Coming to an agreement with Republicans on the stimulus on the stimulus package, and then them not voting for it anyway. Yeah. So you're just wasting your time. And you're spinning your wheels. They're letting her waste her time too by going along uh-huh, with all 100%. that stuff, man, and letting you know all of these resources and time go to waste. Yes. So <sighs> obviously, Republicans do not want to touch this with a hundred foot pole. You know, the Senate Republicans have been actively blocking the formation of a bipartisan commission to investigate the one six attack. Uh, their last proposal, so the Democrats' last proposal, was met with a filibuster. Like, they were just, yeah. they just kept putting roadblocks uh, in the way. They just want to sweep this under the rug and move on, which makes sense because some of them were probably in on it. But this is impossible to sweep under the rug. Like, we all saw it happen live. Yeah, but that's the thing. They were there. I know. And I think a lot of people want this just to go away so that Why? they can just move on because... That's their base. That's their base. They almost killed them, but they were like, but we don't have a career without these people. They know that. Yeah. That's, why they, that's why they haven't condemned uh, Trump the way that they should have. Can you imagine putting someone else's, like, or the party's life above your own? No, I, I wouldn't do it. It's, it's, I think it has more to do with, like, Greed, right? It's like these, in order to get into these positions of power in government, you have to be so greedy, um, or not even greedy, you just have to be so self-interested, yeah, right? Where, like, you just want to advance so much that, like, you're not willing to throw away your career or money or whatever else it is. You're just willing to sell your soul for this thing, you know? Yeah, well, and I wonder, too, if they... I'm sure they were scared. It was a terrifying event that happened, but I wonder if because of the people that were going into the office, they didn't feel as afraid as, like, AOC. Of course. You know what I mean? So maybe they just didn't have the same fear because they knew that they wouldn't be hurt by these people. They were on the right side, and, like, people on that side know, I mean, I wish I knew all the Democratic senators and things like that, but I feel like they did their homework, and they're like, no, you're good. You, we'll, we'll leave you. I mean, headed I to would, Pelosi's office. I would hope so, but some of those people were dumb as rocks, dude. Some That's of those people point. were so stupid. Like, <laughs> they spoke to reporters afterwards and like was like hey my name is so and so and i'm from wyoming you know like it's ridiculous well, like, because they felt like they were starting a war they were proud of themselves this was like something that they felt was maybe gonna start a bigger movement like i think that that's the thing is like they want that notoriety and they probably weren't even thinking about the fact that they would get in trouble they want the notoriety until it comes to the point where they're actually going to get prosecuted yeah because, then they run away <laughs> yeah So California Republican and Senate Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has refused to say if he will offer up Republican members to serve on the committee. Um, If he does, Pelosi will have the right to veto any of his picks. Marjorie Taylor Greene has volunteered to be on the committee. Of course she has. Which Pelosi would never allow. I hate that woman. Me too. I just... 
<sighs> she's gross. Yeah. And I don't usually say it just that plainly, but... Yeah, like, I don't like speaking ill of people. I don't feel bad about speaking illy about Oh, no, she's, Green. she's terrible. <laughs> she's terrible. Um, when asked if she would appoint a Republican to the select committee, Pelosi... I just had to put this in here because it's the most politician, it's the best politician answer I've ever heard. This yeah. is her answer to that. I will be making whatever statement I make about the select committee when I do, and that's not right now. <laughs> it's just the most roundabout way of saying, like... Not now. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about it when I want to talk about it, and I'm not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> like, that's basically what she said. Oh, my God. Which made me laugh. Um, the majority of Capitol Police officers and Metropolitan Police officers who were present during the attack, as well as the family of Brian Sicknick, who is the officer who died during mm-hmm. the insurrection, have been in support of this commission. In fact, like they're like, why is it taking so long? Oh, totally. Um, the House's select committee is expected to investigate both the security failings of the January 6th attack um, as well as the circumstances leading up to attack and that up to the attack, which is likely to include an accounting of Trump's role in spreading lies about the election being stolen, yeah. as well as some of the Republican lawmakers who supported his efforts to overturn the election. Um, and it's also going to include the converse or examine the conversation between the minority leader McCarthy and Trump during the attack okay. uh, in which he, Trump refused to call off the protesters yeah. despite McCarthy essentially begging him to. So we'll see how this goes. I tend to not have a lot of hope that this is actually going to lead anywhere. I mean, it kind of feels to me like it's going to be one of those things where it's just going to be like, okay, yeah, so this happened. Even if the committee acknowledges something, like, yeah. well, what happens after that? Like, is there punishment? Do people lose their yeah, jobs? Yeah, there going to be like, trials? Like, what's happening? Yeah, is it just to look at it and, and cl- clear up what happened? Or, like, are there going to be actual consequences? I don't know. Well, I'm hoping that when Nancy Pelosi feels it's time for her to make her statement, <laughs> that she makes some of that a bit more clear. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give a bit of an update for what we talked about last week with the Free Britney movement, um, just to keep everybody in the know. So the Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Brenda Penny denied the motion to remove Jamie Spears from his role as conservator of his daughter's $60 million estate. While the decision came shortly after Britney's moving testimony, Judge Penny's ruling was not a result of the hearing, right. but of a request from November where Britney's attorney filed to add Bessemer Trust to serve as a co-conservator alongside her father. I read that today, which is Thursday, that Bessemer Trust is pulling out of the conservatorship. Like, they don't want a part of it now. Um And on Wednesday, Jamie Spears' attorney submitted a pair of filings, one which asked the judge to launch an investigation into the claims made by Brittany, including that she was forced to perform and take medication against her will. So he's asking for an investigation, which I think is very strange. (laughs) I had to reread that a few times. I mean... I, I he's probably just rolling the dice on this, right? Because he might know that there's not a whole lot of proof. You know what I mean? Like, well, how celebra- are they? Celebrities are coming out left and right. Like, I was reading something that Iggy Azalea said because mm-hmm. they did a song and a video together in like 2015, and then they performed it once um, in Vegas for some music awards or something. And Iggy Azalea came forward with the things that she saw. Like, Britney was 
wasn't allowed to have a certain amount of sodas. Um, and then also that Jamie Spears shoved an NDA in Iggy Azalea's face right before they went on to perform and said, if you don't sign this, you can't go on stage. So she was even pressured to like quickly sign an NDA mm-hmm. and then get out there. So she was breaking that by speaking out. And I guess other celebrities have also started to speak out about the things that they've witnessed. And I hope that that will be taken into account. Um, But Britney is not ready to sit idly by and let this just be. CNN reported that two sources close to Britney said her attorney, Samuel D. Ingham III, is planning to file a petition to terminate the nearly 13-year conservatorship. So while this is incredibly upsetting that her father still has all authority over her, I truly hope with more and more information coming out, more and more support, we're putting pressure on the situation, and especially after her testimony. Like, if that wasn't taken into consideration, I hope it will be in the future. Right, and I think that that's something that really needs to be driven home, is that her testimony was not taken into consideration, because I think because of the timing of this... It seemed like it was. Right, with her testimony having been given last week, and then this ruling coming down now, I think a lot of people are putting two and two together and saying that this is coming following her testimony, which is not the case. I mean, it it is timeline-wise, but that decision was made already. Yeah, the decision was just that they were going to add a new kind of, like, trust firm to her conservatorship, but now I guess they're pulling out of it, like, within a day. Yeah. So I don't really... There's no details about why or, like, what's going on, but I don't know. Maybe Jamie Spears got to them? I don't know, because I think that was something that Britney wanted, was this other trust to be involved? Well, we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. I I really feel like this is a turning point in her case. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> life's not fair. So it, life isn't just. Um, and so I can't speculate about the outcome of any of this I stuff. know. I just really hope that the more others are willing to speak up, and speak about what they've witnessed. I hope her family speaks up and talks about what they've witnessed. The family that's supposedly on her side. I'm talking to you, Jamie Lynn Spears. Um, you know, I hope that people aren't going to be scared to talk about what they've seen in order for that to become evidence to get her out of it. Yeah, me too. You know? I mean, I think it's going to have to be people... At this point, I don't trust her family members because I'm like, you know, they they might love their sister, daughter, niece, whatever, but the fact of the matter is you have been benefiting for years. Yeah. Off of this situation. Yeah. Brittany, I she just I just hope that she can just go and do whatever she wants to do. I saw these um video clips like, old interviews where she was talking about being a Sagittarius and how she needs freedom. Like, oh, I just need, I need my wings. I need to be free. I love to travel. I like to just go off on a whim and all this kind of stuff. So I hope that if that happens, if she chooses to end her, you know, touring or whatever and just decides to, like, go live in Mexico and be on the beach and Please, I would relax. love nothing more I know. for her. You know, I love that journey for her. I hope that's what happens. I hope <laughs> she's able to... Get married again if that's what she wants. I hope she's able to have more children if that's what she wants. I hope she's able to repair the relationship with her current children. You know, know, I feel like everyone deserves a chance. I think that that's what's really striking everybody. I think that's why people are so moved by her case. It's just because it's like everyone deserves a chance to live your life. We get one. Yeah. 
You should. You've already lost thirteen years, and it's, it's too not long. like she's really done anything to warrant it. And that's no. what's so frustrating. It's absolutely ridiculous. They're taking one breakdown where I think I said this in the last episode. If I was her father, I would be like, "Oh my gosh! Like, what do you need? I'm here for you. Well, let's get you the help you need." By his own rules, then he should have had his his rights taken away many times because he is a often relapsing alcoholic who has had bouts of anger. He kicked in Kevin Federline's door, you know, like... He should be on a conservatorship too then. Exactly. So I'm just like, by your own standards, if you lose control of your life one time, then you deserve to have your life taken away from you. Yeah. And that's... it's. Just wild. Well, again, we're talking about someone who is so self-involved, so narcissistic, that they can't see the hand in front of their face. You know what I mean? I'm sure that he doesn't see the hypocrisy in that. No, I mean, and also, I I feel like a lot of parents feel like they have ownership over their children. Yeah. And this this is his lottery ticket. You know, he gave... he. He birthed the, a pop star. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, gave birth. But he didn't give birth, but yeah, he he gave life gave to, life to Britney Spears, like one right? of the biggest pop stars and of so all time. That entitles him to a certain kind of life in his mind, right? Yeah, and that's fucked up. Yeah, and you know what? If you were just nice to your kid, she probably would have taken care of you anyway. One hundred percent. So there's yeah. that part. Oh my gosh. Well, I do want to tell our listeners that uh, we are going to be taking Monday off Mm -hmm. for the holiday break. You know, uh, I'm going to be going to Vegas and we're just going to have just going to we just want to enjoy our holiday weekend. Not that recording for you isn't enjoyable. It absolutely is. But sometimes it's nice to just know that you have nothing on your plate and you can just fully relax. And I hope that all of you listeners have a wonderful, relaxing holiday weekend as well. And And we will see you next week. You know, like we'll be back. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. We're going anywhere. Don't press. Go listen to one of the old episodes if you're if you're really hankering. We got a, a large back catalog, you know. God, I wonder how many we even have now. It's a lot. I looked. It's it's well over 300. I was looking the other day. So Wow. Yeah, we, we've got a lot. And, um, you know, we absolutely love all of you. We it's not it's nothing personal. We're just tired. Okay. Yeah, I actually wanted to say a huge thank you. I got a lot of people that wrote to our Instagram DMs and my personal DMs uh talking to me like about my coming out story it was so sweet I am so touched by everybody who reached out to me there were some people that like felt like it resonated with them which makes me feel really good and just getting all of your support has been really lovely so thank you I really appreciate it yeah all right. Well, if there is anything that you would like for us to discuss next week in our news episode, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And the thing that helps us the most is if you love us, you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done it already, we would so greatly appreciate it. Yes. So do it now, please. <laughs> all right. That's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to, to raise on. Bye. Hey, 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.